this is going to be a highly controversial thing that may annoy some of your viewers and listeners. I hate open houses. Hello and welcome to another episode of Always Be Consulting. Uh, my name is Thomas Ryan. I will be your host. I'm with Thomas Ryan Real Estate, Keller Williams Realty of the Chino Hills office. And today I have a very special guest, Christian Walsh with Wire Associates, Colwell Banker, Newport Beach. Christian, yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I'm, I'm excited to be here, Thomas. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you doing this, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Kicking off season two for us. So first episode of season two of uh, Always Be Consulting. So again, appreciate uh, every, the- I can say this is my favorite episode of season two. The best sure. episode of season two, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But we'll um, see. There's, there's more to come. So let, Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Christian, uh, why don't you, uh, just kind of take us back, you know, where you grew up, how you grew up, family life, sports, you know, kind of give us a little backstory on, on, on yourself. Sure. Sure. I appreciate you asking that. So grew up in small town, Ohio, a small uh, town outside of Cleveland and, uh, spent uh, first half of my life there essentially. And when I was 17, I took a family trip out to California and I couldn't believe the weather, the beaches, the entertainment. So at that point in time, I said, all right, I'm going to eventually end up in California. So I ended up saving up my money and everything I could and finally loaded up my car and drove out just as I was turning 21 and haven't looked back. It was a great spot to be from and played football like uh we were state champs for football back in 1994 i'm dating myself now yeah. but um football was big back in ohio and bigger than here that's for sure yeah. but uh moved out uh actually worked in the entertainment industry uh for a little bit as a, a production assistant and then moved to orange county and eventually got into real estate and the rest is history got it are you a buckeye <laughs> I am. I am. Do you know what a Buckeye is actually, Thomas? Do you know what it is? Well, I, okay. Uh, going back, my mother-in-law is a Buckeye from Ohio. Oh, um, nice. So I'm well versed. I'm well versed in the, um, in, in the Buckeye, uh, allure and, um, <laughs> and, and, ins- and insanity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and so obviously, like I was saying before, sports are huge back there. So, I mean, cause there's nothing else to do. It, it, you basically you do sports and that's it. But uh, yeah, it was a fun spot to be from, but I'm telling you, this is paradise here on the West coast. Hey, I know California is not perfect. People like to pick on us, especially now. Uh, but there's just so, so much to be thankful for here. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, big family growing up. No, that's the interesting thing. So uh, lots of cousins, lots of extended family, but uh, just one other sibling. And then uh, my, my wife, who I met out here in California, many moons ago, she's almost 20 years ago now. She was just, she just had one sibling. And we ended up with four kids somehow. So we weren't, didn't come from big families, but we ended up creating our own big family. So you guys made up for it. We did. We did. Perfect. And I wanted to keep going, but uh, my wife drew the line and said four is enough. So fair enough. My second's on the way coming up in a couple months. So uh, I can, that's I can awesome. That. Yeah. Congrats, <laughs> yeah. dude. Appreciate it. Keep that. going. Keep going. <laughs> we'll it's see fun. About that. We'll see about that. <laughs> 
Um, so tell me a bit a little about your career path. You uh, started in the in- entertainment industry, I assume, up in LA, and then made it down yeah. to Orange County. What what kind of brought you down to Orange County? Was it real estate, or kind of did it go from there? Yeah, great question. So I grew, actually, back in Ohio, my dad built a home. So I grew up uh, kind of blue collar. I in- installed uh, tile flooring, did flooring for a while. Don't tell anybody. Don't let anybody know because they still will, friends and family still ask me to this day out here when they find out. But kind of grew up blue collar, always been comfortable around sawdust and uh, construction and homes. Then later on in life, my uh, family, my dad created a, a training program for real estate agents to sell new homes specifically. Mm. So I worked with him for a few years and that meant trade shows and uh, meeting other realtors and from across the nation. And there's a lot of great people in our industry. So uh, have doing that uh, basically gave me the confidence and, and the excitement about actually selling real estate. So uh, transitioned in, in 2009 when the market was terrible, the worst market ever. I said, yeah, this is the time to get in. So got in in 2009, lucked into an investor client who was smart enough to know that you buy in a down market. So she wanted to buy 10 condos. So I helped her acquire those 10 condos she shouldn't have been working with me. I was brand new, but she gave me a chance, which I'm eternally thankful for. And that's what also helped me uh, get into the investment side of things. I realized how much I like the numbers side and working with investors. Um, uh, and it's crazy too. One of the interesting things, how long have you been practicing real estate now, Thomas? Pretty close to the same. So I okay. got my license in 2010. So um, okay, so yeah. so you know, so you remember the short sales, the bank-owned days. There's, it still was tough to get offers accepted. Like the multiple offer situations we have now, we had those back then. You'd go for a short sale, and there'd be like 20 offers on the short sale, yeah. um, even though it was a tough market and there weren't as many sales. So that was great training as well. And that's why you and I are doing well, amongst many other reasons, but doing well in this market where we're back to multiple offers. We know how to... <laughs> navigate these waters yeah so. lots, lots of uh, interesting terms and uh, as, <laughs> yeah. aspects to get offers accepted and, and stuff like yeah. that so for sure yeah. most definitely most definitely um, so always with Coldwell kind of what's that what's that track been like have you always been by yeah. yourself uh, been on a team well, at all or no. So, yeah. So Colwell has been uh, the biggest part of my career. I've, I've been with them, I'd say maybe 10, nine or 10 years out of the, the many I've been doing this. Um, I did leave for a little while and I went and worked with a company called Atlantic and Pacific Real Estate. We had a family friend who was an executive there and they were running, they, they had purchased uh, several portfolios of distressed mortgages, distressed assets. And so they essentially were foreclosing on the different properties. So it gave me a chance to get to work with REO inventory and learn that side of the business. So I did that a year or two and then went back to Cobalt Banker with that uh, knowledge, which was great. Um, always been on my own. I've never been on a team, but um, there's definitely benefits. I, I could see why people do that path because it's, it definitely expedites the learning curve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been on my own, have a little t- uh, team of my own right now. It's me and I have an operations director and then my wife helps out occasionally as well, okay. but it is, a, and then I have a transaction coordinator and I'm bringing on another agent to help with leases. 
Um, but it's amazing, a lean kind of ninja team, or maybe SWAT team is better a, a way to describe it. <laughs> you really can do a whole, whole lot of business, a whole lot of work together like that. Yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to put you on, on the hot seat a little bit. Um, kind of tell me <laughs> what, what it is that, you know, you feel that um, you've done in the past and what you're doing currently that has kind of led to, to a lot of your success. Um, what, you know, what tactics, what maybe niches that you really attack. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Get me off the hot seat. What are you doing here? Come on. I didn't know this. I wanted softball questions. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's ML, MLK day. By the way, it's January 18th, 2021. That's when we're recording this podcast. So uh, don't yeah. hold us to anything. If anything's changed in the yeah. next 24 hours, 48, three years, um, this is what it's like right now. Well said. We're taking it uh, week by week here. Yeah. But uh, no, as far as what is what has worked, what, what what does work, and it's obviously customer service, taking care of clients. And um, the way I do real estate, the buck stops with me. So that's one of the advantages to not being with a, working with a big team is like, I deal with my clients. <laughs> they're, they're stuck with me for better or worse. And yeah. I, I joke with them about that. But uh, the other thing is just diving in and I know you've uh, watched some of my videos on my YouTube channel that's like I dive in on a topic so when when I say I worked with an investor like I dive in to learn everything I can about investment real estate um, so half my business is single family half multi-family and I like to think that I pretty much I can answer just about any question an, an investor or buyer or seller will have. And if not, I can definitely get the answer. Um, and it ranges from legal to tax advice, which I I can't give. I can't give legal or tax advice, yeah. but I can help you ask the right questions of the professional yeah. is the way I put it. So tell me just kind of, as we said, you know, we're, we're sitting here on January 18th, 2021, coming off a crazy year of, of COVID and crazy real estate market. Um, yeah. What are you seeing in, in your market in Orange County, both in the single family and the, the, the multifamily? Um, what are some things that are kind of sticking out to you? Um, what are some things that you thought was interesting last year? Um, just maybe some yeah. insight as far as that goes. Yeah, it's, uh, so when, when we went under down in March. Uh, my kids, we're all back at home <laughs> in March. My kids aren't going to school. Real estate is deemed non-essential halfway through March. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to sell anything ever again in my life. It, it's over. And you, you remember that. It sounds so, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's when I went all in on video back then, by the way, I had a little more time to do that. So I said, all right, it's time to finally, because my son was making fun of me. He said, dad, you only have nine subscribers. And I'm like, well, okay, you're right. I need more subscribers. So now not to pat myself on the back, but I have 4,500 and I'm growing. That's insane. So, That's insane. <laughs> no. And it's not the best. Like there's other uh, YouTubers. It's like that have gone through the roof. I, but I'm, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. But the, what that's done is that's allowed me to, when I create content for YouTube, and I know your question is not about YouTube, but I am getting to the market. I, to create content for uh, YouTube, I've been tracking the market and doing a video every two weeks since about maybe March or April. And what happened was 
multifamily was kind of moving like this. Multifamily did not take off the way single family did. Single family went down and then holy friggin' cow, the whole sales curve shifted and it's been just nuts since May. At end of April, May, it's been nuts. And I ended up fourth quarter having my best quarter ever. Um, that fourth quarter is actually better than a lot, of, than probably eight of my first years in real estate. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's more about my my eight first years than it is about the quarter. But anyway, um, the insane year. Um, so December uh, as well, I had another crazy month. But lack of inventory has been the biggest challenge. And that's why it's been so crazy. You're, we're back to the multiple offers. If you have a listing and you don't have five offers the first weekend, you know, you're overpriced by maybe a hundred thousand. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where the market is. Yeah. And, but now, so multifamily, like I said, multifamily has been flat. So family in Orange County, LA Riverside caught up, if not exceeded years past. So even though we lost sales in March and April, we were way down. We caught up. Multifamily never caught up. Mm. But it looks like it's catching up now because I have a listing. It just hit on Friday. I have 14 offers that came in over the weekend for this listing. So lack of inventory is the, is the name of the game uh, for the start of 2021, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Why do, why do you think that is on the, the multifamily? Just um, kind of yeah, a little so, more conservative on the investment side? Yeah, or? yeah. So for the multifamily side, the fact that tenants um, aren't paying rent, it's not as bad as we hear, um, especially when I talk to my clients who own lots of doors, like 100, 150 doors, uh, and property managers, I know. They're not huge numbers of people not paying, but there's enough out there that it definitely causes unease in the market. So investors who have a building that where their a, a resident isn't paying are less likely to want to sell because they want to get the most. And then it's also less likely if they do list it, that it'll be purchased. So that's, that's leading to, that's kind of caused the inventory to dry up for multifamily. Um, so we'll see what happens. So, AB 3088, which governs COVID-19 and non-payment non of rent, that's going to be extended, in my humble opinion, by the end of the month when it's set to have expired. So it's going to be extended. So it's going to be a wild card what effect that has on multifamily uh, for the next few months here. So. Makes sense. Shifting gears a little bit, as far as like our backend type of things or, or just the actual real estate transaction in particular, um, I, I, was, I was presented with the question actually from, from my alumni, uh, Cal Poly Pomona, they uh, wanted to feature um, people working from home and how that shifted their, their business or whatever industry they're in. And you know, they asked the question kind of what, what has changed for us in the real estate industry and how that may uh, continue on into the future. Uh, so I yeah. thought that was an interesting question. Um, obviously, we've kind of been primed to work from home, work remotely for a number of years now as technology is, you know, infiltrated. Um, but what do you see as far as the, the way maybe a, a transactions changed, the way we've marketed properties, um, you know, the PED form, I think that's, yeah. that's an interesting one. Um, do you, what have you seen changes in those and, and maybe what you're going to see, we're going to see forever or at least for the, the impending future? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And it, I, I do wonder what's going to stick. And I know, I know you do too. Like what's going to, what will continue and what bad old habits or just plain old habits will we go back to? So the PED form, which is of the form you have to sign the coronavirus property entry advisory. I, I love the names they come up with for yeah, our forms, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Always so easy to remember. Right. But the PED is like having that form it's important. It, it's, it helps buyers and sellers and agents realize what they need to do to adapt to the market and still be able to show real estate. So I think that, that having those things in place are good. The problem is some agents are already getting lackadaisical on, on following the rules and not wearing masks and things like that. So that's the downside that some agents just aren't doing what they're supposed to do yeah. and I know so it, it's also buyers and sellers some aren't doing what they should be doing but that's that's one of the downsides but as far as adapting goes like okay this is going to be a highly controversial thing that may annoy some of your viewers and listeners I hate open houses mm. I started the business in open houses like most people did. In fact, that investor I met who bought 10 condos with me, I met at an open house. Yeah. Okay, so open houses have been okay for me. Yeah. I, know biz I know agents that that's all they do is they do open houses and they may not be doing them for the right reason. It's not to get an offer for the house, it's to find buyers. Sure. So that's, so I actually am very happy that we've stopped doing open houses and we've had to be creative and rely on other ways to actually sell real estate. And let me preface this, I also was one of the big grand opening open house people. Like I was doing the free ice cream, I had the ice cream truck there, like yeah, I yeah. big into them. But I'm glad that we've had to figure out a way to reinvent ourselves. And uh, it's still a work in progress, but it's also the business has become less about just kind of open the doors and let anybody in between the PED and no open houses and the way things are. Now it's more serious. And I feel like we've all risen to the occasion on some level and we're educating our clients before they go out and look at home. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, that it makes I hope total that, sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've actually thought that the PED is going to maybe it won't be a coronavirus disclosure in the future. Maybe it will. Maybe it will be some type of health-oriented disclosure. But at the same time, like it's great that we know every single person that's been in that yes. property, not just the agents that yes. you know logged into the Supra, but we know every single individual that's been into the home. So, yes. and we can attach those to which agent showed them the home um, yes. versus the, the agent that showed them at the open house, but then who, you know, who's the representation that's a little more in depth, but you know, just as far as, you know, from a seller's perspective, knowing every individual that's been in my home, um, yes. security purposes, um, health purposes, and, and just kind of really connecting the dots on, you know, who's been in the house and kind of, and then when the offers do come in, kind of connecting those dots, I think is, I think is one of the things that's we're going to see and just be like, wow, that, that is really beneficial. Yeah. Not only and if it goes away, people. we'll miss it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll right. miss that being able to see that. Yeah. Now, obviously it could be, I mean, with Glide that that's been a great integration as far as um, again, this is going in depth on real estate nerd stuff, but just with, <laughs> getting, with, just with getting that documentation, like made a little more, um, efficient that that may yeah. become some type of technology that that can make that a little more efficient. But um, 
yeah, I think that's going to be one of the things that's, that will yeah. be on for health and, and safety and security purposes for sure. No, I agree. You're spot on with that. And the, uh, I, I've been very happy to see the 360 tours become, uh, you, they're being used more often and people are actually using, buyers and sellers are using them more often. So I've really been pushing the Matterport or uh, got a Ryko camera as well. So if it's like a rental listing, and, and that's another one. So I do, rental listings are a pain in the butt. We all know that. But it's a service I provide for my clients because I deal with a lot of investors who have units that need to be leased. Yeah. So having, it's a very inefficient system the way we lease out disparate units. It's not professional like the Irvine company. But having the 360 tour for that has been amazing and it really cut down on um, basically appointments that were a waste of time for both the tenant and me. Um, so that having 362 has been great for that. And then luxury listings, of course, like every listing I feel like benefits from having the 360 tour now. And like I said, more people are actually looking at them. It's not just a marketing thing where it's like, Hey, we're going to cram. We're going to tell sellers, we're going to do as many possible things to make it <laughs> to get the right. listing. Like this now is a tool that people are using that buyers and sellers are using. So anyway, heck I'll just be stoked if 99% of the listings have professional photos on them, which, <laughs> right? which I mean, you know, in a market where you, know, you put a property on the market and like, you know, as long as you're priced relatively fair, um, you know, you're going to receive offers, you know, yeah. obviously the photos, you know, aren't, I mean, personally, I think they're always important because the, the maximum exposure, the whole thing, I don't need to go into that, but you know, yeah. if a property is on the market, people are going to want to see it regardless if it has one photo of for taking from a cell phone out the, out the driver's side door. Yeah. Would um, you can see the door in it. Yeah. Exactly. My favorite. Yeah. But when there's a shift in the market a little bit and agents are still trying to do that, you know, I just hope that, <laughs> that that's yeah. just not going to become okay anymore. You know? No, so. I agree. And that's health and safety too. Like I feel like I want to document the house and or multifamily property. So I'm, brokers who does professional interior pictures on my multifamily listings, which is a very difficult thing. Um, so, but that's it. You want people to see it for better or for worse, especially during the days of COVID. We don't need extra showings that put potential buyers or sellers and agents in jeopardy because of coronavirus. So you're spot on with photos. Yeah. I think uh, my next question was how has COVID changed our business for the better? And I think we've kind of touched on those items, yeah. um, you know, like just, it's, it's really just kind of making us hyper-focus on, on those important appointments, those important showings, those important interactions between agent, buyer, agent, seller, different things like that. Um, you know, I think that's, that's been, that's been huge. Um, I've done, you know, appointments with clients over zoom like this, uh, reviewed offers with, yeah. with clients like this. Um, yeah. you know, and they've been super happy with them, um, to, to be able to do it that way as well. Um, you know, everybody well, likes the luxury of it. So no, you're right. And, uh, you, you adapted your business, you rose to the occasion and, and that's, that's why you continue to deserve the success you have because that's what you're doing. Um, and I like I have a listing coming in a couple of weeks where the the sun is slightly immunocompromised. And before COVID, like how would you even attempt to sell that? And ha would people have any understanding? Now the good thing is like 
people understand and they're sensitive to it. So in this case, we're going to do similar to like my multifamily listings where we're basically going to not show it until we have accepted offers and then we'll, we'll get them through in a set time. So that's another good thing is just, I, we've, we've risen to the occasion for those things as well. And folks who have health issues where, whether it is coronavirus or not, like I do feel like there's more compassion and uh, sympathy out there. Yeah. That's, that, that's an interesting thing you bring up. But yeah, I mean, who would have ever thought about that? Like, you know, yeah. with, with another, you know, seller, you know, in, in the home and people in and out and stuff like that. Um, you know, yeah. a, lot, a lot more intentional. And again, like you said, people have more, more empathy and, and, and compassion towards accompanying the, or, or accommodating those types of um, different showings. And stuff yeah. Like it's that. a whole new world. Yeah. Whole new world. <laughs> yeah. Going back um, 10, 11, whatever years it was to when you started in the business, um, if you could tell yourself or any future or any agent now, actually, it's probably a different, different world. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give a new agent um, in the business today? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know that's, that's I hate a joke in every, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hate to say it, but no, it's, um, it, it is drinking from a fire hose to learn everything you need to know. So just be patient with yourself, dive in and make sure you, you, uh, you're ready to learn because even if you as a new agent, even if you've bought and sold a few homes in your, your, your past, it's not, you got so much, <laughs> so much to learn. You and I are still learning uh, and we've done hundreds and hundreds of transactions and there's always something popping up. Yeah. Um, but the, then the, the thing is once you're in the business for a little while, at first you're basically going to do everything you can uh, to, to do a deal. You're going to go just about drive anywhere. You're going to work with just about anybody. Um, you're probably going to try to do just about every kind of deal and that's fine. I get that because you also find that you, uh, might like something that you didn't know, but as you get down the road, you're going to have to specialize. You're going to have to find your, your niche, your niche, as you said, the, you got to, it's whether it's geographical, whether it's demographic, like client type, whether it's type of real estate, um, you've got to go in deep on that and have the confidence to know that initially you'll probably do a fewer fewer deals but in the long run you will do way more deals by being focused um like i send you like my riverside deals go to thomas because he's a, he's out there uh living out there there's no point in me dealing with traffic to get out there and try and show in a market that I don't know as well as Thomas does. So I have the confidence in Thomas and in myself <laughs> to know <laughs> that I'm not going to do the best job out there that you will, Thomas. So Yeah, makes sense. I mean, and, and the, the best service for the client and all that. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, the, the thing you touch about, like the patience, that those all integrated into each other, like just the patience of it. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously, um, tough business to break into, um, and well, to be patient is just, tough, difficult, you know, so, um, that makes how sense. stupid is this business too, honestly. Like I think about this sometimes, like we work for free. The only way we get paid, we're 
We're 100% contingent business. We only get paid when we sell a piece of real estate. And you can work for free for a very, very long time. And it really is a stupid business. That we, we're the only, one of the only ones out there that will take be 100% contingent. Even, I mean, there, I know some attorneys do it, but they at least, they'll only do it if they know that there's a good chance to win the case. Right, I, right. Some of us, we just... I, I know early on I would I would take just about any case, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. A hundred percent contingent. That's it. <laughs> Until like, the you know, date of closing. That's with it. no good you, fifth deposit. Yeah, exactly. No, it's yeah. the dumbest business. <laughs> now and then and that's why we get paid well, both yeah. our expertise and the fact that it's it's a hundred percent contingent. But uh yeah, that's uh that Maybe if I were going back, I would have, <laughs> wouldn't have, I would have looked more closely at that. It's it's paid out. It's turned out well, but boy, it takes a while to get there. Yeah, yeah, patience. I like it. All right, yeah. going a little lighter. What's your favorite lunch spot in Orange County? Well, when we could have lunch, <laughs> no, I, I joked uh, with Michelle, my operations director, because I, I saw that you had that question coming. Yeah. I joked that my favorite spot is my, my desk because <laughs> nine, 99 times out of 100, that's where I'm sitting having or lunch. Your, or your driver's seat, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting one. I've figured out how to do that as yeah. well. Um, but no, I, all joking aside, uh, my favorite before the pandemic was there's a place called Wafu Sushi in uh, kind of Costa Mesa, Newport Beach border. Okay. And I used to love going there with my wife for lunch nice. dates. Nice. So. Nice. We'll have to check that out. We'll have to check that out. Awesome. Well, dogs are barking in the background, so I don't know if you hear that. But <laughs> Is it dogs or coyotes? The, the, the dogs are barking. They want to go for a walk. Um, um, all that's right. all that's all I have for you today, Christian. I appreciate it. Um, just a little background. I think we first came into contact like six years ago or something yeah, like that. Christian yeah. referred me to someone out in Ontario. Um, and uh, you know, we've just continued to stay in touch and uh appreciate, yeah. appreciate those referrals. So um well, I Chris, trust you out there. Yeah. They're they're in good hands with you. So I appreciate that. Um well follow Christian on YouTube, maybe his 4,501 uh, subscriber. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Thanks, I think I have like 19 right now. So um, <laughs> you're getting you know, there. You're we'll, getting we'll, there. We'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, again, Christian Walsh, Wire Associates. Thanks again for, for taking the Thank time you, out bud. today and, uh, and coming on and, and jumping on and talking shop with me. You bet. Good luck out there. Thanks, cool. Thomas. Thank you. Everyone, thanks for watching in, tuning in, listening in. Uh, another episode of Chino, or I'm sorry, another episode of Always Be Consulting. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs>